Welcome to the Pin to Profit Podcast. This show is the fiction author's one-stop shop for all things writing, from pinning captivating prose to the nitty-gritty of grammar to tips, tricks, and insider advice on marketing to turn your passion for writing into cold, hard cash. Because the only thing better than writing the next great American novel is making a fortune doing it. Am I right? With our guidance, you'll be raking in book sales faster than a cheetah on roller skates chasing a squirrel with a winning lottery ticket. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get ready to go on a rollicking ride into the realm of writing riches. Because the Pin to Profit podcast starts now. All right, and we are live. Welcome to another episode of the Pen to Profit podcast. I am your host, your friendly neighborhood writing consultant and copy editor, Ray Evans. Got a really special uh, episode for you today. I am joined by a guest, uh, an author named Marie Jones. <clears throat> Marie Jones's passion for writing and creating stories began from a young age, where she loved nothing more than writing into her special A4 lined book. Later on in life, Marie went on to study creative writing at Knight College. Her favorite place to write is in her lounge when the house is quiet, though she has learned to write around the noise. Wherever she is every day, men and women with all their amazing complexities always fascinate and inspire her. And she's a, also a, a multi-award a multi award winner. Uh, she has won quite a list of awards. Uh, the Reader's Favorite Gold Award in 2022, the NYC Big Book Award in 2022 for the Romantic Thriller category. Uh, she was a finalist for the American Fiction Awards in 2022, the uh, Chatelaine Romance Fiction First Place winner in 2023, the Amore Book, Book Award finalist in 2022. Uh, she's the author of the multi-award winning romance slash suspense thriller series, Those We Trust. She's published with Gen Z Publishing. She is the semi-finalist Australia. Australasian screenwriting competition and has a double recommendation from stage 32. So she's more decorated than a Christmas tree, uh, pretty much. And I'm a, just a little bit intimidated <laughs> after uh, reading off all those accolades to, uh, to chat, sit down and chat with her today. So Marie, did you want to introduce yourself to the audience and can you also tell us what your favorite book is and why? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm based in the UK. Um, I've lived in England all my life. Uh, I'm married with two children. Well, I say teenagers, actually. Um, and my favourite all-time book, ooh, I would have to say that would have to be uh, Persuasion by Jane Austen. Love Persuasion. <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, now that I think about it, now you just mentioned you're from the UK and that's kind of where, you know, English originated from. It kind of makes sense why, you know, you've won all the way. You have that home field advantage, you know, that's where the <laughs> language came from. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. And I've actually been to Bath where a lot of it was based. It's a beautiful oh, wow. city. <laughs> uh, yeah, the UK, it's definitely, uh, it's on my bucket list. I, fortunately, I've never actually been outside of the United States, but yeah, like England is definitely a place that I, that's on my list. Pretty much all of Europe, actually, would be. Yeah, 
yeah so um every, yeah so um every time i have a guest i you know do a little bit of research uh like stalk them online not in person because that, that's illegal in most uh countries and municipalities so i heard through the grapevine that uh, in addition to an author that you're also a screenwriter so i was curious could you uh, explain to the audience and to me how you got into screenwriting so only very recently i've got into screenwriting uh so what when i write my books i always visualize them on the screen as well uh i think that's my style of writing i like to see it visually in front of me as well uh so what i did was my first book i've written it into uh, a tv series and also a film feature and so that's where there's sort of double recommendation comes from stage 32 so it means that your script goes out to potential producers and uh other so people within the business as well uh and i also have somebody sort of working on my behalf in america at the moment so it's very much at the moment uh being put the like scripts forward for competitions for awards and also getting it to see if anyone can get any interest out there as well so but it's yeah so it's kind of alongside a writer as an author i'm also writing as a screenwriter as well Oh, I understand. So, um, to the present, have any of you know your screenplays have they been uh, picked up or greenlit for actual production into TV or or film? Not so far. Uh, we're just waiting to hear at the moment. Uh, we had a bit. Uh, we only started it last year, and then of course there was the the writer strike and the actor strike. So obviously right. none of us were were doing anything at that time. So it's only just sort of starting back up again. So. I'm hoping, going to keep fingers crossed, that I will have some news soon. Uh, but not at the moment. It's very much something I just really wanted to pursue as well. Because I feel like the two goes together. But it's very different styles of writing. So obviously, when you write a book, you've got the inner dialogue. You you, under, you can express the emotions uh, through what they're thinking and feeling. Obviously, on the screen, it's very different. So everything needs to be you kind of have to show not tell and uh kind of yeah i like the challenge i like the challenge of both how it's all very different and what would work in a book would necessarily work on a screen and that sort of thing right precisely yeah because when you're um i, I can imagine when you're doing a screenplay for like tv or film there's that there's the visual medium that comes in as well it's kind of yes. like uh like here in america um like we we, sh we study like Shakespeare, uh, like in English classes, and you know we're just kind of reading the screenplay, and that's not it, they're they're plays. They're meant to be like performed, and you know, and the actors through like their tonation and their inflection and the body language and the blocking, it really it adds like layers and dimensions and nuances that you don't get. Like like you were mentioning, it's it's a different type of writing that you don't get from just reading the static words on the page. Even though Shakespeare yes. was like he's a genius, and they are very well written, but you definitely kind of it is. Like there's extra dimensions, like you said, that get added to it. Yes, definitely, definitely. So. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty interesting. So, but so I hear that uh, that you had aspired to be an author for uh, around 20 years before you had started writing. So I guess could you kind of like uh, like walk me through like what happened during that 20 year period between the time you first had the realization, the revelation you wanted to you know start writing. And before you actually started during that period, can you describe like uh, what you were doing and what inspired you to finally, you know, take the plunge and and act on that trigger and start writing? 
Yes, of course. Yeah. So I, yeah. So about 20 years ago, I did, uh, I went to, I did training at college writing course and, and all that. And I did write a book at the time, but I didn't really take it any further forward. I think <clears throat> quite often, I think you kind of then find yourself drawn into a, like a full-time career elsewhere. So, uh, I was working for different charities. I wasn't, I was working with children in care. So I was kind of, it kind of took over my life really, you know, uh, for many years. And then when I had became a mum, uh, again, uh, obviously when you're a new mum, that's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit yeah. life. <laughs> um, and I think before you know it, like all these years go by and you think, but you, something inside you never really dies. Like that passion for writing never goes. I think you just then, when I turned 40, I was like, it's going to be now or never. Like I just suddenly thought, you know, you're never too late to pursue your dreams. There's never, you you could do it any time, any age, you know, you still got many years of it. As long as you've got, you know, got years ahead of you, you can still pursue it. And so I decided once my kids were, a little bit older, a bit more self-sufficient. Then I felt this was a good time because I was I work part time, so I now have more time to actually then write in the afternoons or the weekends as well. So, so basically, that's yeah, <laughs> that's where I felt like I think it was hit my forty. I was like, no, nope, this is it. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you did just mention something there that I I kind of wanted to go into a little bit more. So, um, is you think you say you have two children? Is that correct? <laughs> Yes, I have a daughter and a son. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. So I guess my question is, so I understand that, you know, like having a, being a parent, it's a little more involved than say, like having like a cat or like a dog or a pet. <laughs> so yes. I guess what I wanted to ask you was as far as like time management goes, um, how did you uh, make time to, you know, like raise your children and also to work on your writing uh, like simultaneously? I think it's kind of a case of um, I I have to be quite disciplined. So when I come home from, I work at a school. So when I come home from working at school at lunchtime, um, I have like a couple of like two or three hours where there's, well, one's at school, one's at college now. But at the time we're both at school and I kind of basically literally was that discipline of sitting down that this is my time to write, which is not always easy every day. Um I'm sure if anyone else is listening who's a writer will know that it's but it was that learning to this is my other you know I saw it as I need to see this as another job I need to see it as also my career and so uh basically I use that time before they come home and then once they come home I will obviously you know help make sure homework's done or anything else that he's doing <laughs> and make sure they're okay but Equally now, <laughs> excuse me, as the years go by, they less and less sort of need you. But initially, that's how I was doing it. I was li I was carving out time in the afternoon when they weren't there. Now I can write while they were at home as well, and right. they're fine. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically how I did it. I see. Okay, so that's a that's a really good tip there for you know people who are uh, juggling multiple like uh, family and other responsibilities and working as writing to kind of like designate like a particular block of time uh, every day towards writing. Cause you know, that kind of like, I imagine that like 
it like a de- develop ugh, i can't talk right now develops like the discipline that you know from <clears throat> this time to that time like this is my yeah. writing time and so yeah that's i think that's a really good point there um so i was uh, in my research i saw on your amazon page uh that a couple of your titles have been published uh through uh gen z publishing so i guess i wanted to go into a little bit uh about publishing so is there any reason why you chose to uh work with uh gen z publishing instead of just releasing those two books independently and can you walk me through how you decided to you know work with gen z as opposed to doing it yourself of course yeah so gen z are quite a new quite uh so they're still quite small but they're quite quite dynamic um kind of like their approach to everything um and i also was kind of really wanted a team behind me um because um i have self-published a book many years ago and um, it was great really great experience and i think if you know there's lots of amazing successful self-published authors out there uh but i think sometimes if you get there's a lot to do you know you're you're having to edit you need to uh, do that yourself you need to do a cover design perhaps you know if you can't afford to pay for one or uh you've got there's obviously all the pr that comes with it all the marketing you know there's obviously getting it into print right. <laughs> in the first place um so for me i felt like i just wanted to have a, a little team behind me to do alongside um but I think it's like it's very much there's a great thing with publishing now. There's so many different avenues you can take. Right. Um so I think, you know, it's just what works for you really. For me at the time it was sort of the perfect for me. Uh and I as I say, they what how I came to how they came to find me or I found them, <laughs> there used to be I don't think they do it anymore, but it was called like a pit mad. It was um on What's that? Well, we used to call it Twitter, but obviously it's X now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was like this one day where you could tweet about your book, and if a publisher or agent liked it, then you could then send to them your first three chapters and synopsis. Oh. I think it was called Pinard. I can't remember what it was called now. I think they stopped doing it. It was like really massive fallout. Um, and that's how I came to find Jensen because I partaked in it and then they liked my tweet and then <laughs> they went from there really. Ah, I see. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, just uh, uh, for the audience. Um, so you said uh, you had basically like tweet posted like the uh, synopsis of your work and then uh, someone from Gen Z had reached out to you. Uh, what was the, uh, the, the event or the process through like authors? They put out yeah. the synopsis. What was it called again? It was called Pit Mad or something Pit like Mad? that. Yeah. I'm generally, I feel like I should remember this, but I feel like they've, because I've stopped doing it now, so I'm not sure you would find out about it now. But it was like that. It was something. Oh, <laughs> That's a bit helpful, is it? I should have looked it up, but I went, I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll, go, I'll Google that up. I'm going to Google that and look into that. Okay, like, that sounds pretty, uh, yeah, that sounds like a uh, pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, I think it was, a good, it was like a really great idea. And I think it's a shame if they're not doing it anymore, because it yeah. is a good way to, to find, if you're looking for a publisher or you're looking for an agent, yeah. you know, that's a good way. 
So I guess uh, to go uh, go a little bit further, you mentioned that uh, a big benefit to you know working with the publishers that you have like a de a dedicated team. Uh, so that kind of takes some of the pressure off of you. It it saves you time. You can focus more on the uh, the actual writing uh, of your book. So all right. So I'm just trying to understand. I'm kind of painting the picture of the timeline in my mind. So uh, someone from Gen Z reaches out to you uh, via Twitter. So I guess when they had reached out to you. Uh, what was it about Gen Z in particular? Why not like another uh, publisher? What was it about that particular uh, house in general that attracted you to and why do you want to sign and work with them? Um, I think it's because uh, they seem very approachable and also very, I think because they were quite young and energetic. Um, I, I liked that really, but I also, because they were quite small, like I think, I mean, I've never been with a big pop chef, so it might be okay. But you just sometimes you wonder if you get a little bit lost in and like with a with a bigger pop chef. Right. Um, and they were sort of very active, really. And like, I think they're quite active on social media. Like when I was looking up about them, they seemed very active on social media and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, so we just kind of struck a relationship, really with them does that make sense <laughs> i see so i see so they they seemed uh so the qualities that kind of attracted you like you said uh it seemed like uh the organization was like young i'd imagine young with the with the name gen z that's probably why they picked that uh so yes. like they seemed like they were dynamic and really into social media and that's kind of what uh like drew you to them versus like other other publishers yes um i wasn't going towards lots of publishers at the time so okay. Um, this was just like it happened during the first lockdown. So it was uh been so yeah. many I can barely I can barely keep I know. up. <laughs> Hard to remember back in it. So it was in twenty twenty. So okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a long time ago, fortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like my mind divides like history into before uh December thirty first, twenty nineteen and back. And then from yes. January 1st, 2020, uh, going forward, I don't yeah. use that A, B and B, C anymore. That, that's how I, that's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like, what you mean. <laughs> so, um, you had met, yeah, so you just mentioned something, uh, about, uh, you know, Gen Z being active on social media. So I kind of wanted to, you know, switch gears a little bit because I, my personal philosophy is that, uh, social media, it's pretty much indispensable, uh, you know, for, uh, like writers and, and authors. Uh, especially in 2023 and beyond. So, and I, I understand that you're pretty uh, well versed in in social media yourself. You're a little uh, social media maven. So, I wanted to know if you could uh, kind of explain uh, how have you leveraged uh, social your social media presence uh, to like boost your visibility? And do you have any tips that you would share uh, with authors that may be struggling uh, you to leverage social media? Oh, yeah. Something I'm still, I think I'm still learning myself. Things like TikTok, I'm still learning myself. So don't, <laughs> but uh, my daughter's a bit more on it than I am on TikTok. Uh, but the greatest success for me has been, well, two things has been Instagram and having a Facebook page. So Instagram particularly, I think you can, making sure you're using those really good hashtags to get people finding you in the first place. Um you can boost posts on there if you want to get more attention to them uh, using sort of stories as well, Instagram stories. Right. 
and also and you could do the same with Facebook as well. So I have my own sort of for my writer Facebook page as well, my own personal one. And um, I think it's kind of doing things that not just constantly just talking about your books all the time. I try and also bring in a bit more of my own life into it as well because I think uh, people like to know you as an author, as a person, not just your books. And also I think people will get a little bit fed up if you're all you're trying to do all the time is just constantly promoting <laughs> your books. books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as much as we want to, or what should we want to say, <laughs> just buy our books, you know. Um I don't I think you need to build up you want to try and build up a relationship with your people that are following you. Um so I do sometimes put on about what I've been doing uh at home or to do with my family stuff. Not all the time, but just kind of that so it can people will feel like they know me a bit more as well. Um, you do need to be posting quite often. Do you, like how, you know, often you like how often would you say, like in a week on average, would you do you normally yeah. post on, say, Instagram? Probably one to two times. I would more like probably like at least once a week. Okay. I don't do every day. I'm not like a, a daily poster. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of enough things to post. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I use my stories a lot. You know, the thing where you like which is just up there for 24 hours um, on Instagram. I find like, people like that, like you can see how who's been watching it, looking at it. Um, I do use, I still want to say Twitter, but anyway, X uh, as well. And I'm on Threads, which is obviously the Instagram equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have on my website, I have a blog as well. So I will put things onto my blog. And I also do a newsletter every once in a while to those that have subscribed to my website. Um, but I would say, yeah, my most active ways I do it is Instagram, Facebook. Those seem to be the, the best for me for getting likes and reactions and stuff like that. Got it. I see. So, um, so staying with Instagram, so uh, based off of like your uh, firsthand experience, uh, what kind of posts have you seen uh, generate like the most engagement and the uh, like most reactions from your followers or attract more people to you? Yeah. Um, I would say um, it's more the ones where I've celebrated something has got the most. So if I celebrated getting an award or celebrating finish writing my book or celebrating that it's Christmas or whatever it might be. It seems to be the ones where you've got something exciting to share tends to be the ones that get the most. Um, I tend to find photos seem to do better for me than videos, but it could just be the way I'm doing it. I'm not sure. But <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I kind of find it fine. Yeah, the ones where you're celebrating something or, you know, it, that, it does include like celebrating the launch of your book out in the big world, obviously. But it also could be small things as well. Like I try, like if I finish writing a book, I'm like, we'll be personally out there and then get lots of likes. So, which is really nice and encouraging. <laughs> so, um, so uh, you had mentioned it. You had mentioned it uh, about a minute ago uh, regarding hashtags on yes. on Instagram. And now those are definitely critical to you know helping someone increase like their visibility uh, on their yeah. content. Um, how? Can you kind of uh, like walk us through like how do you pick what are the uh, the best hashtags for the content uh, that you're posting and creating? 
So I've kind of looked at like what other authors now are doing as well, or bloggers and people like that. So kind of the hashtags that they use, I will try and adopt. Someone else also said to me, don't ever do more than 12 in any one post. And sometimes you actually want the ones that are not so popular. So if you can think of like, when I talk about my books, I will often put Scottish romantic thriller because you don't get many, like not many people use that. So therefore, weirdly, that comes up better. Like low competition kind of versus just like romantic thriller, which may have a 50 million. Yeah, it's going to be harder for you to rank. It's going to be harder to rank. I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. So that is one tip I would say. If you could think of a way to describe your book, but in a very detailed way that not many people are using, it will actually, Instagram will pick that up more than if it's a popular one that gets used all the time. Oh, that, that's actually, a, that is like a golden nugget right there. No wonder you've won <laughs> like 5,000 awards. So basically, <laughs> folks, you don't want to use the hashtag book or fiction book. You are like never, you're never going to be seen. So that's definitely get really granular, uh, like with your hashtags when, if you're trying to uh, rank and get, uh, improve your visibility uh, on Instagram. So I, I guess my, my next question was, cause that was a, that was a whole lot of social media goodness right there. I don't want to <laughs> overload the listeners brains. That was <laughs> definitely enough for them. So kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you like how so during that 20 years, uh, you know, that you, when you're bitten by the writing bug, uh, yeah. how did you stay like motivated and persistent in pursuing your dream of actually becoming an author, especially when like uh, facing like potentially uh, rejection and uh, discouragement? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't not be a writer or get rejection. That is unfortunately hand in hand. And believe me, I've, I've come across a lot of rejections. Um and I think the only way you can do it is think if you, so some of the time you don't get anything back, which is always really hard, is it? Because you just don't know why. It could just be that they just already have something like that on their books or whatever. Um, the times that I did get feedback, you need to treat it like gold dust because if a publisher or an agent has taken the time to actually give you feedback as to what could be improved, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to literally do every single thing that they say, but it is, that is incredible to actually get some kind of feedback. So I did have a couple of those, um, and I use that. I mean, those we trust, how it started, which is my first book, um, how it started completely changed us. Like, I rewrote the beginning of it probably right. three times because I just wanted to get it right and I was kind of using the feedback that I was getting and we all know how crucial that first few chapters in the book are to kind of draw the reader in so the way to stay focused is <laughs> is to you just got to keep believing in yourself okay you don't see it as rejection just say I think that's not the right place for my book or that's something I think if you see it as rejection it could really knock you off confidence a lot so I started seeing it as okay that's not the right place for my book but I'm going to take what they've said to me and I'm going to use it to improve it and to get better because we're always improving aren't we it's right you know you never got it (laughs) you never got a spot on from (laughs) um and I I think you just have to you do have to believe in yourself you have to believe in your writing and you have to sort of say to yourself if only a handful of people read it but they love it it's worth doing you know it's um 
you know, we're unfortunately not really in this for the riches. <laughs> um, so I think just, yeah, just be tenacious. Keep, keep going, keep pursuing it. Don't let the negativity get into your head if you can. That's what I did anyway. I just like, I kind of trusted. Every time we got a no, I was like, okay, I'm going to try somewhere else. That wasn't the right place for it. I'm going to try somewhere else for it. And, and actually, I'm glad that I have rewritten part. You know, I did a, the a rewrite in the start of those with trust because it was much better than how it started. So <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a, I think that's a very like a powerful mindset uh, that, that you were just describing right there. So, and that kind of leads me into uh, like my next question. Uh, what role would you, would you attribute a uh, positive thinking and a resilient mindset? What kind of role do you think that that has played? Uh, you know, in, you know, in your career as a writer, and do you have any tips that you could share uh, with any writers who are listening right now that might be struggling on cultivating that mindset on their own for themselves? Yeah, I think it's just basically like what I say, like, you know, you don't stop, don't give up on yourself, don't give up on your writing, like, you know, you've got a love for it. And as I say, it doesn't matter if it's never going to make the biggest, you know, number ones across the bestsellers. If you love it, you keep writing and you pursue it, um, that's the most important thing to me. The best thing, like, I mean, I'm so fortunate I've got awards, but, you know, the best thing I've ever had is when I've had someone write to me and say, I couldn't put your book down all night. And that's, to me, the greatest thing, gift you can get is someone who loved your book so much they didn't want to put it down. Um, and I think, yeah, you just... Comment, I was gonna say that, but was it you said, what was the other part of your question? What was your saying? Um, yeah, so yeah, I think we kind of touched on it. I was asking, okay. uh, <laughs> do you have any tips for like to cultivate such a mindset? But you just kind of, yes. yeah, I think we you kind of like traded that. Um, like you said, um, like don't take like the rejection personally and yes. you know, like keep pushing forward. And any feedback you get, like you said, negative or positive, you know, like try to use that to you know to constantly keep improving. So that's yes. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think also make I try and make every word count in my books. Like yeah. the words there for a reason, you know. Really think about the words that you're using. Get that old source out, you know. Just don't settle for everyday words. You could, you know, let yourself get creative with how you're writing it as well. Ooh, so I'm pretty sure everyone who is listening at home or or wherever they are uh, in the internet, that was just like some really good advice from a multi-award winner on how to develop a, you know, a resilient mindset and to pretty much change every rejection uh, into a positive, which, which it really is. Because like you said, if, it, if someone rejects you, it's really just, you know, you weren't right for that particular person. It's not, it doesn't mean that your work doesn't actually have value uh, in and of itself. Um, so I guess my next question was, I wanted to pivot again uh, a little bit uh, towards like uh, marketing. So could you share uh, any experiences or lessons that uh, you've learned from like marketing and promoting your books, especially in a uh, competitive uh, like niche and market? Uh, I mean, it is an ongoing thing trying to market and I'm not sure even now I've, we've completely got it. So these <laughs> um, you will get bombarded with so many people who will say, oh, you know, if you pay so much money, I'll get your book out there. And, and 
you've got to be really, really smart with how you do it. Like the best things I found have been Facebook ads. So you boost a post that you've created. Um, or you could use TikTok. You could do that as well. And you could do it on Instagram. I have used things like written word media, but you have to have a very, you know, it's everything costs a little bit more. So you need to know that you're going to try make the money back so um i don't know like, you said that was uh someone to jump in said that was a written word media yes so written word media they're actually very good um so they will do a campaign for you so if you want to pro uh, promote one of your books they will send it out to all their subscribers newsletters uh that sort of thing uh, which has been good, especially good if for any reason that you just want to do. See, it's, it tends to be you discounted your book for a few days uh, right. or you even some people like to do it for free for like a couple of days just to drive people to your books, basically. Oh. <laughs> Works really well if you've got like a book series. Like so if, like you could download the first one for free and then people will want to buy the rest of the series is how it works. Um so, but I've, the most, the tools that I've used the most have been Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Um, and you can put there uh, how long you want to run it for, what your budget is, and you can put your criteria in there as well, what countries you want to target. I usually target women as well. <laughs> Just because my books um, kind of be more for women, I think, than men. Right. Right, so that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I also think uh, that you had mentioned something just uh, about a minute and a half ago I thought was really interesting. You had mentioned that uh, you don't feel that you kind of like know it all. So I'd imagine that means you're kind of like going back to that mindset, kind of like you almost have like a student's mindset in a sense, where I imagine yeah. you're probably experimenting and trying with different things. You mentioned uh, yeah. you don't know a lot about TikTok, but I think you're, you're probably still trying and experimenting with the platform, yeah. aren't you? And I think that, yeah. you know, that's also very important to not to get into a point where, you know, you just kind of like, I guess, rest on your laurels and just use one or two strategies to you know, the world is constantly, like we said before, between 2019 and 2020, the world is constantly changing. So yes. you know, there's always going to be, you know, new uh, platforms and different ways that uh, someone can advertise. I even just took a note right now on a written word medium. I, I had never heard of that before. So I'm definitely yeah. going to probably put that in the show notes of this episode for anyone who might be interested. So I think, again, that's another uh, really important part of mindset too, is to kind of you know, have that like humility and that student's mindset that, you know, I kind of don't know it all and I'm willing to, you know, take a risk and try something a little bit different, like outside of my comfort zone to see, you know, what the uh, results were, if it helps me to, you know, like reach more people and uh, get more sales. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always looking to see what other people do, like other authors, just to see if there's another way that I can do it as well. So I think, yeah, like you said, you can't ever stop trying different ways right. you know you're constantly trying out something else because obviously it's a very saturated market you know there is millions of books out there and right. um it's kind of trying to find your little niche <laughs> in that place is is the key and you do have to do marketing there's, there's no two ways about it you know right. <laughs> absolutely well i think that that was 
like maybe 10 or 15 value bombs. I was counting on my hands, but I only have 10 fingers. So I, I kind of ran, ran out of all the uh, the massive value and insights that uh, you were dropping to the audience today, Marie. So I did have uh, one last question. Uh, where could anyone who's been listening today, where could they find out more about you and uh, and about your books? So probably the best place to go is directly to my website, which is www.mariejonesbritishwriter.com. And you can find out more about me. There's also links to my books if you're interested in reading them. Um, and also links to all my social media as well is on there. Okay, Marie, Marie Jones, British author, uh, dot com. I, Again, it's like that. Uh, uh, British writer. Sorry, British, <laughs> British writer. I like how it's like you mentioned before with the uh, the hashtags, you get like really granular. So that way no one will confuse you with uh, Marie Jones, the American professional wrestler, for example. <laughs> exactly. Marie Jones is kind of, well, especially Jones. It's quite oh, yeah. a common name. <laughs> That's a, yeah, it's a pretty common name. So you definitely, you know, you want to get granular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I wanted to take a moment, uh, Marie, to, uh, to thank you for, you know, taking the time to, you know, share your insights and all your valuable years of experience with us. And this has been another episode of the Pen to Profit podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Ray Evans, signing off. And as we normally say around these parts, the pen is mightier than the sword. Unless you're in a sword fight, then you might want to reconsider your options. Thanks a lot, Marie. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Pin to Profit Podcast. If you've enjoyed hanging out with us today, swing by iTunes or your podcast app of choice and leave a rating and write a review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get more of this grammar goulash delivered piping hot to your ear holes every week. And if you're looking for more tips, tricks, and free trainings that aren't available anywhere else, click the link in the show notes to join the Author Success Hub Facebook group. It's one part mastermind group and one part creative writing workshop. Except you can attend in your pajamas without judgment. Plus, you'll be mixing it up with fellow authors who are all about that writing and profiting life. Until next time, keep putting pen to paper and turning those pages to profit. Ciao.